using the um, Love Talk the other, Radio. The one that comes free to the apartment. Granny Hawker and Big Twin. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday again. Um, I'm, uh, I probably sound as clear as normal. I'm in my car right now. I got a big meeting coming up uh, in a minute. So, uh, this is going to be mostly a Granny and Icon show. Um, I stressed those of, uh, a couple of months ago, and they actually worked out fine. They worked, you know, well. So I still faithfully then on the show. Uh, well, hopefully I'll be back on in time to talk to Ahmed Johnson because um, I, I that was something I really wanted to do, but you know, unfortunately duty calls, and uh, I had to take a meeting here tonight that uh, couldn't be scheduled. So. Um, yeah, so I'm here for the intro until the person I'm meeting with gets here, and then once that person gets here, um, obviously I have to, you know, walk into said meeting. Um, so, guys, uh, Icon, you've got a little bit of noise here, so I need you for a minute. But, uh, guys, uh, how have you guys been? I mean, it's been a week. I know with some big FM going. we got some FM stuff coming up in Fargo. Obviously, we have, we have, we have the FM station here. Uh, we have a lot of stuff uh, really going our way, Icon. Do you want to uh, give them a little bit of an insight on our, you know, our recent developments, or do you want to uh, keep those on the shelf and build the suspense for a little bit? All right. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Before uh, before I do that, before we talk about that, I want to give a shout-out to our, uh, our current sponsors, uh, Bad Diesel Magazine. Uh, you can check them out on uh, eBay to uh, get uh, past uh, issues uh, from uh, said magazine. Uh, they will be launching uh, our um, uh, our uh, ads on their um, 
on their magazine starting in August. And also we want to um, send a shout-out to Game Day, got, uh, gameday.global. Uh, and uh, if you want, uh, if you need special uh, uh, rings made for your team, if you need uh, special uh, rings made for any event, they'll custom make any rings that uh, you have. And uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring. And uh, launching in Fargo, uh, and starting in August, there's going to be a, a radio station uh, that's going to be carrying our show every Monday night. Uh, starting in August, and that's Ken 89.1 FM. Uh, and uh, so uh, we want to thank them for reaching out to us uh, and uh, allowing us to be part of his radio station uh, every Monday night starting in August. So be listening for that, and uh, it's going to be awesome, um, the stuff that uh, we have going on with those guys. So. Uh, guys, um, he may have just pulled in. I, uh, I got to go see. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, um, if you got the buttons and everything's working for you, uh, obviously, you know, you've done it before. So I have the utmost faith in you. Um, and hopefully I get to get back in time to speak with, with Ahmed because I know that that was an interview that, you know, I, I really wanted to have. Um, but again, you know, if, if everything, I think this is him anyway, but, uh, but, but I can't, so we've got those developments coming, which is, which is nice. Uh, I mean, granny, how, how, how's life going on in your, in your life? And stuff? Oh, I had a very busy weekend. Saturday was a very long day. I had a, my husband and I had a training session to do for the move log and then we went to Mulberry, Arkansas for down south championship wrestling and. We were watching the next to the last match, and all of a sudden, all the lights went out. Even in the whole little town of Mulberry, we had we turned our flashlights on our phones, and we're sitting there watching the last two wrestling matches with our phone on our phones, so we could see what was going on. I didn't get home until oh, like eleven thirty Saturday night. We were up like we had to get up at five because we had to leave by six that morning. We were up over 18 hours that day, so yesterday was just kind of a catch-up sleep day for Granny. <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, it was a good show. Got to see some really good friends that I hadn't seen in many years, so it was a really good show. You know, just not we're still not sure what caused the power. <laughs> so... Am All I right. still there, guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're okay. Uh, we're here, I think. Um, well, I hear you, Icon. So I hope you all can hear me. So. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you just fine. Uh, but uh, of course, Big Swing had to uh, um, head out. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so uh, we have uh, we have a bevy of uh, guests coming on tonight. Um. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let everybody know who we got coming on. We got Javier Jost. Um, he's going to be joining us first, and uh, then we have uh, Andy Strasberg, who's been on our show before. Uh, he's going to talk about his new movie, his new book called My 61. And we have uh, Ahmed Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, WWE legend, and uh, it's going to be awesome uh, that he's going to be on with us. Um, 
uh, tonight to uh, be with us. So that'll be awesome. And uh, if I sound a little distracted at the moment, I'm trying to do I'm trying to do 20 things at once, I'm trying to get one of the two laptops I have working uh, uh, as we go on with this. So, uh, so Gandy, tell us uh, what else is uh, going on uh, in your world that uh, that you can talk a few minutes about uh, while we're uh, while I'm trying to fix this little issue. Well, like I said, just you know, kind of. Um, I'm getting ready actually go out of town. Um, I leave Tuesday, the 29th of June, to go to our international convention. Um, we're making a little family vacation out of it. Um, I'm going to be gone um, for about five or six days. I'll be back uh, into town on Monday sometime on the 5th of July. So, But I should be back home in plenty of time before the show Monday night. So um, just getting ready to do that and just got a lot of stuff going on, you know. But it is what it is, you know. I... I gotta do what I gotta do, so you know. Well, yeah, I, uh, yeah, we do. We hope that uh, you know you won't miss any shows because uh, you know everybody says that uh, you know, and this is you know this is true. You know, a lot of people say that Granny is the one that uh, uh, is you know is a fan favorite. Uh, you know, uh, we know that uh, <laughs> part of Harlem Pizza loved you very much, so uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, but anyway, so our first guest will be calling in in about five minutes and we'll go to him and, uh, hopefully, uh, this laptop I'm using, uh, will work, uh, at the time. So we can just go for the, so, uh, so Granny said you'll be out of town, but you're not going to be missing any shows then. No, I shouldn't, no, I shouldn't be missing any shows because like I said, I'll do the show Monday night on the 28th of June. We leave on the 29th. We get into Kentucky on the 30th because that's where our hotel is. But the convention is actually in Cincinnati, Ohio, which our hotel is like 1.4 miles away from the convention center. Uh, We'll be there Friday, Saturday, and leave Sunday. But I'm going to break up the drive because I I do not want to drive ten and a half hours in one day to go up or come back home. So that's why we're leaving Tuesday so I can kind of break up the drive. Okay. Uh, let's see how this will work here. Let me mute this. Okay. Is that muted? Uh, so. Keep talking, Granny. I'm here. Okay. So, anyways, because I just I don't really want to drive ten and a half hours in one day, and because of my blood clot history, I got to really get out every once in a while, stretch my legs, you know. So that's why we're gonna drive five or six, maybe seven hours on Tuesday, find a motel for the night, get a good night's sleep, and then head up. Wednesday into Kentucky where our hotel was going to be at. So it's going to be a fun time. Awesome. It's going to be an interesting time. So uh, now that we're um, our fraternal organization has become 
one moose, you know. So. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So now I'm on a different laptop. So now, hopefully, this will work. I can mute that. And uh, it won't uh, it won't interfere with what we're doing. Um, so hopefully that is the case. And I know this is just riveting radio for our fans, but but it uh, it is what it is. But I I think we're good anyway. Now, Granny, I know you're going to hate this, but I just I just got to. Um, Hit this uh, just as a test. I know you hate it, but I'll ignore it. But it's not. Uh... It's not playing. It's not working. <laughs> Touchdown, Raiders! Okay, now it's working. You really need to get one that says touchdown Kansas City. <laughs> that would be much I'm just better. Gonna try and make it <clears throat> okay. That would be much, much better if it said touchdown Kansas City. Or touchdown Chiefs or something, but you know anything would be better than touchdown Raiders. Because as everybody knows, Granny's not a Raiders fan. Don't like the Raiders. Never liked the Raiders. Never will like the Raiders. Total Kansas City Chiefs girl fan all the way. I mean, love my Chiefs and love my Royals. So. Oh, I know it's been hot the last few days here in Arkansas. Granny does not like this heat. So, I hope Icon is still there with us. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, Okay. I was afraid I lost you. (laughs) Okay, so I, I uh, I think we're good. Uh, I found a way to make this work so there's no echo, uh, but uh, yeah, because the uh, you and I are on. I'm just waiting for our guests to call in, and I apologize to our fans listening right now. That's not the way it normally works. It's just that uh, uh, when one laptop goes out, then you're trying to get a laptop set up <laughs> uh, midstream. It just kind of it just kind of goes through that way. That's all. That's true. And with Big Swing having double duty tonight, it makes it very difficult when Icon is having to run the board. So, yeah. So you know, but we will get through it. We will deal with it. Right. And eventually, though, uh, when we launch with uh, eighty-nine point one ten FM, uh, and you guys can check out the website uh, uh, for uh, said radio station, uh, the website for uh, the radio station is uh, com and uh, uh, com. 
So uh, check that out. Uh, everybody, uh, you can listen to the radio station uh, on any device. You can stream it on any device. Uh, and uh, you'll be, you can listen to it on the web. And in Fargo-Moorhead, of course, you'll be able to listen to it on 89.1 FM. Just waiting for our guests to call in. And then we can uh, uh, go from there. So hopefully our guest got the signal to call in. And uh, we can uh, go in there. So, so this. Uh, so as long as we're waiting for our guest here, uh, the the trip that you're on, you're going on. Uh, this is a yearly thing, right? Yeah, this is our Moose International Convention last year. We were supposed to have it in Milwaukee, but due to COVID, they actually canceled it. So they did a virtual convention. This year, we're actually going to get to be live. Uh, this will be my third international convention that I've been to. I went to one in 2011 to Anaheim, California, when I got my cap and gown for my college degree, College of Regents degree. I went to Las Vegas in 2019 to get my star recorder degree, and that was the year that I was introduced as the incoming deputy grand regent for the state of Arkansas. And then, like I said, we were supposed to go to Milwaukee last year. That didn't happen. This year, it's going to be Cincinnati. Next year, I believe it's going to be Tampa, Florida, which I'm looking forward to that because I want to be able to go to the Moosehaven campus. Now, I've never even been to Mooseheart yet, but my bucket list item is I eventually want to make it to Mooseheart at some point in time. That's our children's school, city and child school. It's near Chicago, and I want to go to Mooseheart and visit that campus as well. So hopefully I'll get to do that. So. Yeah, so I don't, uh, I mean, our guest did confirm, so I don't know why, where they are. Um, you know, uh, we had we had this issue with one of our guests a couple weeks ago, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Ken from the uh, Arizona Cardinals. She was going to be on with us, but where she was, uh, power got knocked out, and she couldn't charge up her phone, so she couldn't call into the show. <laughs> so that's what happened there. She did apologize, and she will be back on with us. At uh, some point, it's just that uh, now that uh, it's started to get into football season, you know, I know preseason is a couple weeks away, uh, about a month away, I believe. But uh, so that uh, kind of puts that uh, on hold for a little bit. But it is what it is. So. Okay, I'm just waiting yes, Saturday for, uh, was Saturday was a very long, long day. <laughs> I was I was very tired when I got home Saturday night. So, of course, you know right. the main event at our match Saturday for Downsville Championship Wrestling, we had psychosis there, which was pretty exciting. And even though we had to watch it in the dark, um, bless their hearts, you know the last two matches. They put their heart and soul in those matches, and getting to meet Psychosis was really pretty awesome. So I think we're going to try to get him back 
um, for another sh- for another future show, and not only just to kind of make up because of what ha- with the power outage, but I mean, um, I think they want to do something else with him too. You know, getting back for a future show. So I'm look- we're looking forward to that. You know the the one uh, the one issue thing about uh, our guest uh, is uh, he is calling from El Salvador, <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know what the toll rates are in El Salvador. That may so, be that may be a problem. Yeah, it just might be. Um, here's the deal: he called in the show last week to see if it would work, and it did. Uh, of course, you know he got the. You know, he was put on hold, and then he, you know, he didn't want to go on because, you know, but he was able to call in. So uh, he's going to try and call in on Skype, and I know this is really riveting to uh, our fans listening right now, but it is what it is. Uh, but let's see. I'm going to try something else. <clears throat> So, we're going to just bump ahead here. I'll see if I can get our second guest on early. If not, we'll just uh we'll just uh talk about what uh what's been happening with the show and what's going to happen with the show. Uh anyway, uh I also want to give a shout out to the FM Invaders who also uh sponsor the show. Um, unfortunately, uh, the game that we were supposed to play on Saturday, uh, was postponed. Well, actually not postponed. The, um, um, it wasn't postponed. It was, uh, it was canceled because the team decided to forfeit the game and, uh, they may have folded out their season. So they may, uh, their season may be completely done. So when a team forfeits a game, uh, the home team wins the game two to nothing, and here's the sad thing about that though: uh, other teams that have played them that have, like that may have beat them. This is just an example uh, that have maybe have uh, defeated them like forty-seven to nothing or fifty-two to nothing or whatever it is. That team, I believe, still gets credit for all those points for and points against, but we do not. We get credit for two points. It's oh, wow. kind of sad though. Yeah. So. So. I know our Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, you know they played their hearts out. Unfortunately, I think they lost the game last night, so they're not continuing in the tournament. But they had an awesome season, and we're really proud of them. And. You know, this is like the 10th or 11th time that they made it to Omaha for the for the SEC tournament that they were involved in. So we're all really proud of them So here in Arkansas. So. Yeah, so apparently um, calling from El Salvador to our show uh, is not possible. I... I I unfortunately don't blame the guest. Uh, you know, you can't blame a guest location. You know, you just, no, you just can't. No, definitely so. not. Definitely not. Definitely not. 
So it's fully That's understood. That's certainly understandable. So. Try one other thing here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, our next uh, wrestling show for Down South Championship Wrestling is going to be June 26th. Right before I leave to go <clears throat> on my trip, so they've said they've got a huge announcement. Match, right? Oh yeah, I'm going to be able to be at that one, yeah, because um, they've got a huge announcement that they're going to announce June 26th, and they're going to honor all the fathers for Father's Day. You know, even though Father's Day is Sunday on the 20th, they're still they're going to honor all the dads and letting all the dads in free to the show that night. So. Which I thought was oh, pretty cool. Great. They did the same. They did the same thing <clears throat> with uh, the moms for Mother's Day too. So. All right. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, you know, uh, you know, it'd be really cool. You know, if they do a grandparents' day and all the grandparents get in free. But how would you be able to prove that you're a grandparent? You know. I don't know, but you know, uh, that's what they were kind of joking around about the dads. You know that. <laughs> You got to prove you're a dad, you know, if you're a single guy, you know, and, but it's kind of like, too, you have the single parents, the moms that are mom and dad both. So, you know, but um, it's going to be a fun time. I mean, it always is. They, they've got some really good talent there for down South championship wrestling. And I really enjoy the talent that they bring in and, so working, they're working on some big things. And, of course, Granny's kind of helping with some things, advertising, you know, promoting, you know, getting the word out there, you know, and everything. Um, they're uh, one of the one of the tag teams. They were they were called Dragon Clan, and they didn't win their match against Brandon Groom and Monarch, but. Um, so they got the Brandon Groom and Monarch got the title belts. And of course, the one guy for Dragon Clan, he had to blame me for him losing their match. I mean, he said that I distracted him and that they, uh, Brandon Groom and Monarch, should have been disqualified. And the referee told that guy, he says, Brandy Holzer is just a fan. She's not a competitor. My decision stands. <laughs> so. Well, you know. Uh, it, it's you know it's easy to blame somebody when you lose, you know. Oh and, yes, I know. You know, here's the thing though: if if you there, there's nothing wrong with losing. Let let let's let 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 me get let uh, let's uh, let me give some uh, icon uh, advice here. People are like, oh great, but anyway, I'm going to kind of give icon advice here real quick. Devil's advocate. Now here's the deal: it's easy to blame somebody when you lose, but. When you blame somebody else, you got to ask yourself: Were they in the Were they in the ring? Were Were they on the field? Were they on the Were Were they on the court? No, it was you. So, how can you blame someone that wasn't even involved in the match? That's one thing. Now, another great saying that I've always lived by is: The game is not over, and the season is not over when you lose. The season and the game is over when you quit. 
Now, if you lose, that's one thing. But if you quit, that's one. Here, hold on a second. Uh, we may have um, we may have our guest here. Let's see. Let's give it a shot. We can here. certainly try. <clears throat> Check this out because I think when it, you know, it's funny. I couldn't get either guest on right now, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, I think I have both guests popping up at the same time. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. I'll go to them now. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is the biggest Roger Maris historian and fan in the history of the free world. And not only that, he is going to be a New York Times bestseller, and he is a great friend of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the star of the San Diego Padres front office. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Andy Strasburg. Hey. This is Andy Strasberg. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hi there, guys. How are, how are you, sir? Good to have you. Good, good, good. Thank you for the invitation. Um, so, uh, Andy, real quick here. Uh, before we do the interview, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll uh, ask you a few questions. We're going to have you on for I know we agreed to have you on for 30 minutes, but we're going to have you on for a little truncated version. Sure. Um, I worked for the San Diego Padres in marketing uh, for 22 years, 75 to 96. And then after that, I worked for 18 years uh, representing baseball players, uh, retired baseball players, primarily Hall of Famers, and uh, also did some consulting with uh, major league teams and minor league teams. And I also did some work with the uh, folks from the Baseball Hall of Fame. So that's my life. That's awesome. Uh, Andy Strasberg is our guest here. We have uh, 30 minutes here with Andy, give or take. So now we're going to talk – we're, we're going to talk a lot of uh, a lot about your career, uh, and uh, a, as you know, you're part of the Three Timers Club. This is the third time you've been on our show, and we do appreciate everything you do. Uh, what I'm going to do is we're going to go step by step. With this. The, the main reason why we have you on is we want to talk to you about uh, your new book that you got coming out. But uh, first off, though, I do want to talk a little bit about the San, San Diego Padres, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but were you or were you not hired by the founder? I wasn't hired by him, uh, Ray Kroc, but I worked for him. And, uh, in fact, the uh, about two weeks after I was hired, I ran into him. Uh, it was just he and I. He was coming off the elevator, and I was getting on the elevator at the ballpark. And uh, I thought, oh, my God, this is my great opportunity to uh, say hello and introduce myself. So I did, and. I shook his hand, and I said, Mr. Crock, I'm so proud to to be working in baseball. It was a dream as a kid. Uh, I said, my name is Andy Strasberg. And Mr. Crock, I didn't know, was hard of hearing. 
and he he said to me, Eddie. And so I said, No, it's it's Andy, Andy Strasberg. And he said, Eddie Stratton, nice to meet you. <laughs> now, uh, let me ask you this though: uh, if uh, you know, it, it's cool though, you know, because he was technically the owner of the team. Uh, so you know, you know, you kind of kind of tread water. You don't really want to correct him, but. Uh, the only time that would be an issue is if he was signing the checks and he wrote it to Eddie whatever instead of Andy Strauss. Yes, and what happened was I told everybody in our front office that experience that I just shared with you. And our broadcaster, who was uh, Jerry Coleman, uh, Jerry, during spring training, because I started in January, spring training when he was doing broadcasting uh, of the games in Arizona, uh, Jerry would announce on the air that uh, we've got two new employees. Uh, they're both from New York. One's named Andy Strasberg, and the other is named Eddie Stratton. Just to continue the joke, and uh, and our the president of the ball club was Buzzy Bavese, uh, formerly of the Dodgers, and he did, he told Jerry he said you got to cut it out. It may be too confusing. Plus, we wanted Mr. Cross to know that there was only one guy, and his name was Andy Strasburg. And uh, you know, if he if he did take that seriously, he might like. Okay, so I got to write two checks now. <laughs> that was that, that's awesome. Uh, Andy Strasburg is our guest here. We got uh, 26 minutes. I'm going to ask you a few more questions, and we'll uh, then we'll go to Granny, and then we'll come back to me. Uh, unfortunately, uh, tonight uh, Big Swing is doing uh, double duty uh, in New York. Uh, he he actually lives in Albany, New York. He uh, runs a club out there, so he had uh, a couple club things to do. So he'll be on later. But uh, I, and I know you're familiar with New York. Um, so before we get to the book, because that's that's why we're here, and I know I keep saying that, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Roger Maris, which will lead into the book. Now, you uh, obviously became great friends with Roger Maris. Um, I, I got to meet him when I was five years old here in Fargo uh, for the first annual uh, um, Roger Maris Celebrity Golf Tournament. Uh, I can't I can't remember if you were here for that one or not in '85. No, I uh, the first time here was eighty six. I came eighty six. Right. Okay. So yeah. So you weren't here for the first two. That's right. Okay. Now, uh, can you tell us a little bit about? Um, uh, and then, like I say, this will lead into the book, and I want to talk a little bit about a, my favorite baseball movie. And I know you know which movie that is. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Granny, we have uh, Andy Strasberg here. We got twenty five minutes. You have any questions for Andy? Well, you know, I I am familiar with the San Diego Padres. You know, I do like to watch baseball. And I just wanted to share a quick little story. You know, we actually have a um, double-A affiliated uh, baseball club here in Springdale, Arkansas, where I live, called the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, and they're the double-A affiliate to the Kansas City Royals. And I remember... It was one of their first seasons after they opened up. They've been here, I think this is their 11th season here in Springdale at the ballpark, beautiful ballpark, by the way. We had the San Diego chicken there in attendance at our 
at a Northwest Arkansas Naturals baseball game. <laughs> and him and uh, the mascot, uh, Stripe, just had a blast that night going back and forth with each other, doing fun things for the crowd. And can you just share some fun stories about the San Diego chicken? I just thought he was absolutely amazing. Yes, I can. Uh, full disclosure, I actually uh, still represent the San Diego chicken. And, and we you? were in, yes, and we were in Chicago. Uh, Joe West, <laughs> when Joe was going to break the uh, all-time record for umpiring uh, ball games, uh, uh, Joe invited both uh, the chicken, Ted Giannoulis, and myself. And uh, and he went to um, uh, he went to the ballpark uh, as the chicken, actually in costume, walked in and uh, did a couple of uh, gags, and it was at uh, Comiskey Park or Guaranteed Field. Uh, and uh, yes, over the years, I have uh, I take a lot of pride in a couple of things that. Uh, that I was able to share with Ted that he has incorporated. And I will pat myself on the back and tell you one of them. It has to do with, I was driving home from the ballpark. Um, and this was in the, uh, the early eighties and I'm on my way home. And all of a sudden all the cars stopped in both directions. Now this wasn't on a throughway or a freeway. This is just a regular street. And I was wondering, why was everyone stopped? And so I got out of my car to look, and there was a mother duck with her ducklings walking across the road. And cars in both directions had stopped. And as soon as I I saw that, I then called uh, Ted, and I said, you got to do that as a gag. And so he had little chicken costumes made. And it's the most often requested gag where he gets, he pulls four or five little kids out of the stands and he does uh, a bit with them on the field, usually putting the hex on the visitors. And uh, I they did take that. A lot of- they, they did that at the Naturals ball game. I remember that. I remember the little kids walking out in the little chicken costumes. It was so funny. It was yeah, so and, funny, and 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 the one uh, I think it was one of the umpires. You know, the umpires were trying to tell him to get off the field, get off the field, get off the field, and the chicken kind of walked up by the umpire, and he hiked his leg like he was going to pee on it. <laughs> that's exactly what. That's how it ends. You got it. <clears throat> yep. And uh, but I told him when I when I got his autograph when I had when I got his autograph picture, you know, of him and I had been with him and stuff. And I said, Chicken, I said, you've got the prettiest blue eyes I've ever seen. He says, well, thank you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love the San Diego Chicken. He is so funny. I just, I I was so glad that I actually got to meet him because, I mean, he was just absolutely amazing. I just love him. He is the first mascot, entertaining mascot, started in 1974 and still doing, same guy, and uh, I still think, and I hear this all the time, the best around the country. 
uh, and he has performed around the world. He is incredibly oh, yeah. talented. He is. He, I mean, I love. I absolutely. I just absolutely loved him that I got to meet him, and it was just. It was so funny to watch him that night. I mean, I was just so, so blessed to have got to have met him. I mean, it was just. He was absolutely amazing. Uh, Very talented. I agree. Andy Strauss was a guest here. We've got about uh, 20 minutes done with it. Now, here's a little small world it is. Uh, the San Diego Chicken has made a couple appearances here at uh, Newman Outdoor Field at the Red Hawks. And my nephew, uh, Austin, actually got to dress up like one of the little chickens and pee on the official. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know who uh, uh, Steve Swisher's uh, son also uh, did that? There were, I think there were two or three uh big leaguers the son of major leaguers that uh eventually became big leaguers that uh Nick Swisher who also uh got to do that that's the only one i can think of yes that's awesome uh well we're going to we're going to we're going to swing back here um now we're going to talk about uh your your unique relationship with Roger Maris and uh we have 34 minutes. Hopefully, we'll be able to get it all in. Uh, but first, what we're going to do is talk about uh, how your relationship started and then uh, talk about a little bit about the movie, and then we'll move into the book. So now, tell us first off how you first met Roger Maris and how your relationship kicked off. Well, in 1960... Uh, when Roger was traded from Kansas City to the Yankees, uh, all my friends uh, were Mickey Mantle fans, and I was looking for a player that I could call my own as my favorite player. And so when he was traded, I read this great article in Sport Magazine that uh, talked about how Roger Maris rejuvenated the Yankees. And uh, I was 11 years old. I had no idea what the word rejuvenated meant. So I looked it up and I thought, well, that's interesting. And I read the article and it talked about him being a, um, a family man, about him being an unselfish player. And I'm sure those labels have been used a number of times with players. But I was at the perfect age. It resonated with me. And so I started to follow him. And in 1960, he, he had uh, an MVP year, and he was acknowledged as being the reason why the Yankees got back into the World Series. Um, 1961, I don't have to go into any detail. Uh, it was the most amazing summer of my life because of all the things that happened with Roger, uh, which ended – uh, on the last day of the season when he hit his 61st home run. But the interesting part, uh, which will answer your question, is I only went to three games in 1961 at Yankee Stadium. And the reason being is uh, my parents said that I had to go with an adult chaperone. And uh, that would be my father. And uh, I, I went with my dad. And we'd get there about 15 minutes before the game started. And as soon as the game was over, we'd leave. Uh, in 1962, 
there was no longer a restriction that I had to uh, go with the chaperone. I went to 40 games, 4-0. And, and uh, for a 2 o'clock game, I'd get there about 10 a.m. And the reason why I got there early is I wanted to catch the players before they went into the ballpark. And that is where I met Roger Maris for the first time in 1962 on 157th Street outside of Yankee Stadium. Now, uh, when you went to the games in 62, now, did you always sit in the same seat or did you get different seats? Uh, I pretty much uh, sat out in right field. And uh, and it got to the point where I got to know uh, the cop who was the security cop in right field. And his name is Larry. And Larry recognized me uh, because I was there so much. And he said, Hey, just buy a general admission ticket. Don't, you know, spend a dollar and a half. Don't spend $3 and 50 cents and just come out and sit here and I'll let you sit here. So I would, uh, I would go. And as soon as the gates were open, I'd run out to right field and, and uh, I would cheer for Roger Maris uh, during uh, batting practice when he was shagging fly balls and then during the game. And I was pretty much always in the, the same area, uh, not exactly the same seat. And, uh, of course, Roger Maris did play right field for the Yankees. And uh, for, for a lot of people don't know, that when Roger Maris was traded uh, to the Yankees on December 11, 1960, uh, 1959, uh, the uh, Roger Maris was traded for uh, Norm Seaburn, Hank Bauer, Marv Thornberry, and Don Larson uh, was sent to the A's for Roger Maris uh, for him and two other players. Of course, you know, uh, nothing against Ken Hadley and Joe Masterati, but, uh, of course, Roger Maris was obviously going to be the breakout star of those three. And uh, I think the Yankees made a great uh, trade with that. So now you, uh, you wrote a book called my 61. Uh, we're going to talk, we're going to talk a lot about that. And then I'm going to, then we're going to talk about my all time favorite baseball movie. And I do believe it was yours too, because not only did you star in it, you were also a, con- um, a consultant in it. And uh, you also have like three credits in the movie. We'll talk about that in a second. So, when did you decide to uh, write uh, the mo- the book? Tell us the name of it, um, and uh, when you started writing it, and uh, who suggested you should write it? Uh, I I started writing the book actually when I was 13 years old in 1961, and it wasn't my idea. It was my English teacher, Miss Kramer. Uh, it was an assignment for all the students, and. Uh, I started, you know, it was an assignment, so I started writing it, putting it together, and I did really well, and I got a great uh, uh, comment from my English teacher, and and then I just decided that, that I was going to keep notes about things that happened throughout my life, and uh, obviously 1961 was, as I've said before, uh, the most incredible summer of my life. And uh, I would read a lot of newspapers. Now, growing up in New York, in the tri-state area, there were at least 
a dozen newspapers. And my dad, uh, our family would um, ha- get three or four or five. And then the people that lived uh, underneath us, uh, below us, uh, they would also get newspapers. And when they were done with them, they'd put it in the uh, in the basement. So I would go in the basement and I'd pull out the newspapers and I'd cut out every article about Roger Maris and then put it in a scrapbook. So I have had detailed information about 1961. The day that things happened, I knew about it, cut it out, and put it in a scrapbook, and I still have those scrapbooks. Now, uh, well, you uh, you did it, uh, and if if I'm not mistaken, in '61 because Roger Maris won the award for. Um, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he win uh, an award for most front page uh, flashes in 1961? Wasn't there an award at the time that he won that for? Something I'm like that? not familiar. I'm not familiar with that award, so I don't know. Okay, because there, there's there's some kind of award that I thought he won because it was like it's it's in the muse, Roger Maris Museum here in uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, now I'm guessing with all the articles about the home run race, uh, this uh, this uh, scrapbook that you're talking about has got to be what a hundred pounds, and it's got to be like. Seven inches thick. It's actually it's not that heavy, you know. It's probably uh, and there's three different editions, uh, you know, uh, three different editions of the scrapbook, and they probably it's probably you know, twenty five pounds, and it probably is uh, maybe a foot and a half thick. Yeah, I never thought about it. You're right. Yep. And. Uh, and I, and I would guess, uh, with all your stuff with Roger Maris, and we're going to talk about more of the stuff that you have, uh, but I'm thinking you must have a pretty impressive man cave, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Now, but uh, before 61, I know that you used to clip a lot of newspaper clippings about sports, and the reason why I know this is because in my sports collection, I have a lot of your scrapbooks uh, from newspaper articles of sports that you clipped over the years. I no, I I didn't. Those were not. Uh, I owned them, but they were uh, other people's uh, scrapbooks. And I remember you won them in a uh, an auction uh, because uh, every year since '87 or '88, I have contributed items for the Roger Maris Cancer Center auction. And uh, I remember you you won those, but I didn't put those together. But those were. Uh, scrapbooks of friends, and so I, I, I collected them. I have them, and I'm thrilled that you have them now. And uh, um, I don't know. Do you remember what I paid for those? I don't. Uh, I actually paid 125 dollars for the lot. That's great. Thank you. And uh, they're they're uh, actually uh, in my uh, my my dad's man cave, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, because he would notice they. Uh, I want to put them in my man cave in my place, but uh, he would be he would notice if they were missing. So I got to wait. Uh, I got to try and sneak them out at another point. <laughs> okay. uh, we have uh, Andy Strasberg as our guest here. We got uh, 23 minutes. So um, now, how do um, 
so now you had already wrote the book back in 61. So was this like, uh, like diary pages you made and then you just like, uh, um, added more to it, uh, uh, as the years went on and then just put it all together. Um, kind of take us through, um, your different, uh, your different aspects of the book that you put into it? Well, I used uh, the notes that I kept as well as the articles that were in the scrapbook. And what I did is just coordinated uh, those two elements and wrote the book. And it took, yeah, it took about seven or eight months uh, to write the book. And when the, uh, the book came out, uh, the publisher, uh, August Publications, they uh, they had agreed to publish the book uh, of not more than I think it was 230 pages, and uh, <laughs> and the book is over 350 pages. So now, when you found out, uh, Andy Schwarzman, I guess we've got 22 minutes. So now, when you found out that they were going to cut off. Uh, uh, Stuff that now were you did you did they show you what they were going to cut out and you're like oh well you got to keep this in you can't you know uh, take us kind of through like uh, the um, what, what's the word what's the word I'm looking for um, I, I can't think about the, the the literary licensing of what they decided to put in and what they kept out that you may have agreed with and disagreed with. No, they uh, they left everything in. Uh, you know, it was supposed to be 200-some pages, and it turned out to be 350. So, no, they they left everything in. And it's not and, – and I should point out, it's not just about uh, baseball. It's also about my life at 13. It's, uh, it's experiences that I had. As I said, I kept notes. It's uh, it's about school. It's about my parents. It's about uh, collecting baseball cards, comics, rock and roll, girls, food. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff, and I thought that they were going to cut it out, but uh, they left everything in. So it's seventy percent baseball and thirty percent of me, and when I was. 13 years old and uh andy strasburg i guess here we got 21 minutes and uh like i say andy i do appreciate you taking time uh on your schedule to join us i will be uh seeing you this week uh a couple things here i want to i want to uh circle to uh you know i don't know if i ever told you uh and i don't know if we'll ever get to it uh to do it but you know one of my since when i i met you when i was seven first off and I, I, I went up to you. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I'm going to tell a quick story. Uh, you know, your picture was in the, uh, the program for the, um, for the golf tournament. And uh, I, you know, I used, to, uh, I used to run around the course, uh, up and down the course uh, to every hole, trying to fill up the book and have everybody sign it. And uh, I happened to be at the auction, and you were there, and uh, – I was like thrumming through the book and I heard someone had say that, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know if they refer to you as Andy or Mr. Strasburg, whatever, but, um, uh, I, I, I looked in the book and I, I saw your picture there and I'm like, you know, I wonder, I'm going to go ask him to sign this. 
And I went up to you and I said, uh, and I think I pronounced your name wrong. Uh, I said, uh, uh, Mr. Strasburg, I, I, I know I pronounced your name wrong. Would you sign my, uh, would you sign my program? And uh, you signed it uh, in um, the only thing I had. I had a blue pen before I knew what a Sharpie was. And you signed it to Scotty from Andy Strasburg. And I still have that to this day. And, oh, that's uh, great. you know, and, you know, uh, I, I think I can say that we've been, uh, our, we've had, our, we started our friendship at that time. It's really cool. Um, so now, you know, you, you had the book, My 61, but there's one thing I do want to talk about, um, uh, a great movie. Uh, do you know which movie I'm referring to? Uh, the HBO movie that Billy Crystal directed, 61. Right, exactly. So now, can you tell us not only because you're, you're obviously because you're a Roger Maris historian, but uh, can you tell us how you got involved in working in the movie? <clears throat> yeah, I I was uh, I got a call. Uh, actually, I got a uh, a message, uh, a voicemail message, and the person on the other end uh, left the message and said. Hi, this is Ross Greenberg. I'm with HBO. When you get a chance, call me back. And he left his telephone number, which had an area code of 212, which was New York City. And uh, I didn't know at the time that Ross was the president of HBO Sports. But I called him back, and he said uh, to me, do you have any idea why I'm calling you? And I was a little bit of a smart aleck, and I said, yeah, Ross, I figured it out. You're with HBO. You want me to try HBO for 30 days at no cost, and if I like it, you want me to subscribe. And fortunately for me, he laughed, and and then he told me, he says, uh, we just hired Billy Crystal to direct a movie about the summer of 1961, Manolin Maris chasing Babe Ruth's home run record, and we'd like to hire you, Andy, as a consultant. And uh, next thing I knew, <laughs> I was in the movie business. Now you were uh, were you on set the whole were you on set the whole time that they filmed it? I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, and I believe the the filming was it was it thirty one days something like that. Yeah, it, it, a lot of people don't understand how short of a time span it is uh but the days are unbelievably long uh it starts like at 7:30 in the morning and uh would usually stop around 11:30 at night and uh, Andy Strasburg I guess here we got the 16 minutes here with Andy so now when you're on the sets um did they uh, did they have you uh, bring your scrapbook with articles so they could use it for uh, historical <laughs> purposes in the movie, or uh, or did you just say, well, I I know what the batting order was on this day, or I know what happened this day? Uh, kind of take us through that a little bit. The uh, the production team came to my house and uh, they wanted to see the scrapbooks, and so I lived in San Diego, and they drove down and. Uh, they were looking for very specific information. Uh, they were looking for what uh, the ushers were wearing, what the uh, uh, the souvenir guys were wearing, 
they looked for ticket stubs, press passes, and uh, so they were they were making notes and taking pictures of my scrapbook. And the thing that was really interesting in the beginning of the movie, they replicated my scrapbook, uh, and they you could see them turning pages in the beginning of the movie, and that that was my scrapbook. And so uh, they used it for uh, a lot of minutiae information. I, I found it so fascinating that uh, in order to make a movie, that they would go to that level. And, and that's a testimony to Billy Crystal and how he wanted everything to be as exact as it possibly could be. So I, now – what I loved about that scene is, uh, you know, it starts out, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the actress playing uh, Pat Maris is flipping through the scrapbook. Now, that was your scrapbook. Now, they obviously, uh, you know, for the movie where they had uh, uh, Tom Jane and Barry Pepper, they obviously replaced that uh, with their pictures instead of the actual pictures of Roger Maris. Now, did... Uh, did you get to keep that part, or was that a different scrapbook that they made that they gave to you? Yeah, no, they uh, they made ahead. they made that they made that, and I I have no idea what happened to that scrapbook. They replicated mine. Okay, now um, now I'm kind of curious, and, and there's uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the movie, then uh, I'm going to. Uh, uh, ask about probably my favorite Roger Maris, Andy Strasberg story in a second. We got Andy Strasberg got about 14 minutes. Uh, now you uh, got to be in the movie. Now I'm kind of curious. Did uh, you say? Did you go up to say, Mr. Crystal? You know, I I'd sure like to be in the movie. Uh, you know, could I be like a ticket taker or this and that? How did that? How did your appearance in the movie come? And you should have won an Oscar for that appearance, by the way. Thank you. He came to me and asked me if I was interested in uh, cameo in the movie. And I said, I'm very interested. And he asked me if, uh, if I would like to play the role of an umpire. And I said, no, I'm not interested in being an umpire. And he had a puzzled look on his face. And I said, Billy, do you have a video of Maris hitting his 61st home run. And he said, yeah, I've got it in my trailer. And I said, let's go take a look at it, and then I'll show you the role that I want to play. So he starts uh, running the video of Maris hitting his 61st home run. And as Roger approaches home plate after circling the bases, greeting him at home plate is Yogi Berra, and, and uh, who's the next batter, and Frankie Prudente, the uh, Yankee bat boy. They shake hands with him, and Maris steps on home plate and heads for the dugout. And when it actually happens, one fan, probably in his late teens, very politely came out of the stands, shook Roger's hand, and patted him on the back. And I stopped the uh, the video, and I said to Billy, 
when I was 13, I wanted to be that fan. And I said, now I'm 52, and I still want to be that fan. And Billy said, okay, that's the role you'll play. That's awesome. You know, and, and think about it back then. You know, it, it really wasn't legal back then. It's definitely not legal now. But can you imagine what would happen if a fan would come out of the stands onto the field nowadays? Can you imagine what would happen? They'd get tackled. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think they just let that go? Uh, well, I, I don't know if you even know the fan's name, but do you think they just let that go because uh, uh, because there was no one paying attention? Or do you think that uh, – that uh, they couldn't stop it. They just it just happened naturally. Like when, I think it's uh, com- those... Go ahead. I think it's a combination of all those things. Plus, I've also have a theory that the kid was probably the son of a uh, season ticket holder, a very important season ticket holder, because he was right there. So I, I you know, I don't think. Uh, they were going to do anything as a result of all those elements. Uh, Andy Strasburg, I guess, here. Unfortunately, we only got uh, 10 minutes left with Andy. And uh, uh, real quick here, for our fans that are listening, and uh, we'll be listening, uh, anybody that goes to our website, uh, our, our Facebook page, Off the Ropes, and likes us from the end of the show to the beginning of the next show, automatically gets qualified to win an autograph from either one of this week's guests or uh, a future guest, or if you really like the icon, I might let you pick out who you want. But uh, now, Andy, I don't know if you can do this. I'll understand if you, you turn us down, but would you be willing to do like a book for a giveaway or some autographs for a giveaway for our fans that might enter the contest? I'll, I'll let you ask the publisher. Okay. He's, right. he is coming, he's coming to Fargo, so I'll let you ask the publisher. You you can introduce me to him? Absolutely. All right. I do have your number, so uh, maybe this uh, week, uh, uh, do you know when he'll be here? Uh, he's arriving Wednesday. Okay. So uh, maybe uh, the three of us can get together on Thursday because uh, I'll be out at the yeah. course. Yeah. Awesome. So will he. You know, and uh, I was going to say real quick, and I'm going to have you tell the story. Uh, you know, one of the things I've always wanted to do, and like I say, hopefully we'll get to do it eventually, but one thing I've always wanted to do uh, from the first time I met you and listen to all your stories and everything, you know one thing One thing I've always wished, Andy, is to be able to go to one baseball game, no matter where it is, and sit in a, at a baseball game with you, even if it's for an inning. That's, my, that's one thing I've always wanted to do. Maybe one day we can make that happen. I'm sure we can. That's awesome. Now, uh, we have Andy Sargent. Yes, we've got uh, eight minutes left. Uh, now, I want to ask you uh, about uh, Roger Maris's bat and ball. That's my favorite story of yours. Uh, a lot of our fans, I'm sure, have never heard it. So I want you to kind of tell us about Roger's bat and home run. Tell us. Well, I asked Roger in 1965 if I could have one of his bats and uh, one of his home run baseballs. And he told me that as far as the home run baseball, I'd have to catch it. But he said, the next time I crack one of my bats, I'll give it to you. And uh, the team went on the road. And the next thing I heard on the broadcast is that he cracked his bat. And when he came back to Yankee Stadium, 
uh, I was there, and he said, I've got that bat for you. And he gave it to me just before the game started. Uh, this is a game-used crack bat, 1965. And but players weren't doing that then. I think they do it on a pretty regular basis now, or they sell them. And uh, so that was a confirmation of a promise from, you know, from my childhood idol. And then two years yep. later, I'm, I'm going to uh, college in Akron, Ohio, and I'm telling everybody that I'm good friends with Roger Maris, and I've got his poster uh, over my bed in my dorm. And uh, that winter, Roger gets traded from the Yankees to the Cardinals. And uh, when the 1967 season started, a couple of guys from college said, hey, why don't we drive over to Pittsburgh and we can see the Cardinals play the Pirates at Forbes Field. And, Andy, you can introduce us. So we drive over, and Roger had never seen me other than at Yankee Stadium, so I was a little bit nervous. Anyway, I get there, and uh, he's warming up, and uh, I kind of say, uh, Raj, Raj, trying to get his attention. And he turns around, and he sees me, and he goes, Andy Strasburg. What the hell are you doing here in Pittsburgh? I said, well, Raj, I've got some friends who wanted to meet you from college. I introduced them, and like it was a wedding reception, and uh, I wished them good luck. And I went out, and I sat in the right field stands. I sat in row nine, seat nine. Maris's number is nine. And if you score in baseball, right field is number nine. And it was May night. And in the sixth inning, Roger Maris hit his first National League home run. I caught the ball. Awesome. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you have uh, you, you have the bat and the ball uh, in, uh, in a case on your wall with an alarm system. So if anybody touches it, the alarm goes off, right? Not really, no. Oh, okay. All right. I, I just kind of figured. Uh, Andy Strasburg is our guest here. Uh, we got just a few more minutes. But, you know, I'll tell you what, Andy, you know, I do appreciate uh, you coming on the show tonight. Uh, you know, I, I, you know how much I honor your friendship, and I hope you feel the same about me. But, uh, you know, I've always, uh, you've always been a genuine individual. Uh, every time I see you, we always uh, talk about something different, it seems like. But, uh, you know, um, uh, once a year during the Roger Maris Golf Tournament, you know, I get to be part of the Maris family. Uh, they've uh, they've always shown their love for me and my father, who unfortunately would not be at the tournament this year because he had uh, his knee surgery, so he can't uh, he can't really move anywhere right now because of his knee surgery. But uh, uh, it'll be the first one he's missed. But uh, I'll be there, and uh, you know, Andy, I just uh, I love everything about you, and you're such a great guy, and. Uh, I just can't thank you enough for your friendship and how much you mean to me. All righty. I will uh, see you later on this week. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks, Andy. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. All right. Andy Strasburg, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, great Yankee. Uh, well, great Roger Maris historian, uh, but uh, it's awesome. 
But I'll tell you what, our uh, our next guest is uh, in the in the line here. I've been uh, waiting for this. Uh, I don't know if Big Swing will be back for it, but uh, we'll uh, kind of take the reins uh, until uh, he's here. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this real quick here. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring right now, the greatest WWE legend in history, the greatest wrestler in the late 90s, the man that caused me to buy 25 bottles of Stridex just to get his collector's card. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, the legend himself, Ahmed Johnson. All right. How y'all doing there? I'm and doing good. Thank you. Uh, we have Ahmed Johnson as our guest here. We got about uh, we got 42 minutes here with uh, Ahmed. So uh, we want first off, we want to thank you for uh, joining us tonight. Um, uh, it's me and Granny right now, and then uh, Big Swing will eventually join us. But um, um, real quick here, if uh, if we can. Uh, can we do that uh, real that liner real quick, and then uh, we'll have yeah. some fun with the interview. I'll count you sure. down. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, hey, you're going down. This is your legend, Ahmed Johnson, and you're listening to the Attitude Air Live with host Big Icon and the Icon Big Swing and Granny Holster. Ahmed Johnson, I guess yes. we got 41 minutes. So here's what we'll do. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable. We'll go to Granny, and we'll come back to me, and then uh, hopefully towards the end here, uh, uh, Big Swing will be back because I know that he uh, he's he's chomping at that he wants to talk to you too. But uh, if you can kind of uh, start out, um, uh, everybody knows that you are a WWE legend, and I it is my honor to refer to you as that. Uh, when did you first? Thank uh, you. When did you first try out with the WWE, or how did they? How did you first get hooked up with them? Um, my first time hooked up with them, I was at home, man, and um, I didn't think, you know, I was gonna get hooked up with them because Michael Hayes. I had wrestled Michael Hayes at the Sportatorium, and Michael Hayes told me that, you know, after we got done, he said, "Man, you're a hell of a worker, man." He said, "I'm gonna get you up to WWF." Now, this is like a year later. But then the phone rang, and it was Vince McMahon. And I'm like, you know, I thought somebody was playing a joke on me. So I was very rude to him because I didn't think it was really him. And he says, <laughs> he's kind of laughing a little bit, and he's like, uh, well, I'll tell you what. He said, why don't I get you a ticket out tomorrow, and uh, let's get you up here, and let's talk a little bit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, Okay. Yeah, you can do that tomorrow, whatever. Because I just didn't believe it was him. And then the next morning, I get a knock at like 7 o'clock in the morning at my door, and it's the UPS guy with the first-class plane ticket to Stanford, Connecticut. And it was really advanced. And uh, I get to the airport, and there's this big limousine to pick me up. And then I knew I was in for it, and I was like, oh, my God. And I was rude to this man, my boss. But that's just how it went down, you know. And when you first, when you first, when you first uh, met Vince McMahon, uh, 
Yeah, what did you like? God darn, pal. Uh, why would you talk to me like that on the phone? I'm trying to get you a job. <laughs> you never takes it out <laughs> No, he's not on 22, man, that I didn't believe him. Uh, <laughs> did, did a good impression of <laughs> You know, uh, one thing uh, people don't know, and then, like I said, we're, we're going to talk all about your wrestling career, but a lot of people don't know is uh, you, you did play professional football, and uh, yeah. this uh, soundbite uh, might be familiar to you. You did one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Cowboy? Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, you played... Yeah, you played uh, middle linebacker. Uh, this is how big of a fan of yours I am. You played middle middle linebacker for Tennessee, and uh, you played for the Dallas Cowboys in ninety and ninety one. Right. Now uh, I'm going to ask you a few more questions. And we'll go to rant, uh, uh, we'll go to Grandy, and then we'll come back to me. Uh, you know, first off, you know, I, I did tell you this. Uh, I did kind of tell you the story about. Uh, uh, that you are my hero, and uh, you know I do apologize. I did break up. I did break down a little bit when we were talking on the phone uh, a couple hey, weeks ago, and I do no apologize. Problem, brother. You know I, um, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get emotional now because I got to tell the story. When I for um, and you are the first African American wrestler I ever looked up to, and uh, I'm, well, I'm I'm getting Thank emotional you. already. And when I when I first saw you, uh, it was actually the first pay per view I ever. I saved up my allowance, and uh, I, I told my dad, I said, look, I want to see this guy. He's teaming with Shawn Michaels. Uh, it's the Survivor Series, and uh, I, want to see, I want to see this this big guy, Ahmed Johnson, uh, wrestle. And uh, my dad says, well, how big a guy is he? And I said, well, uh, let's get the pay-per-view, and you'll see. Uh, of course, we're Vikings fans. I didn't tell my dad you played for the Cowboys or else he wouldn't have got the pay-per-view. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, we thought that, and like, man, and then, you know, we're, we're, we're like, watching you week after week. And then, you know, my dad's favorite uh, maneuver, yours, mine too, when you took out Yokozuna. Uh, it's just like, <clears throat> man. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys had to practice that or uh, if you no. like, no, just – have them run into me. I'll say I'll flip you down. How, can you tell us how that little uh, exchange happened, or the the, well, the creative as they say? First of all, a lot of guys were jealous of me when I got there, and uh, Yoko being one. And um, man, and he told me that you know when you get in there, he said I hope you can pick me up because I'm not going to help you. He would help me if he was going to help me. He would have jumped for me. He helped me a little bit, getting him up. And he wasn't going to jump. And you're talking about a guy almost 700 pounds. And when Luger did it, Luger, uh, he only weighed 500-something pounds. Yoko did. So I went from 500-something pounds to 700-something pounds. And when I picked him up, man, it was like picking up a Tub of Jello weighing seven hundred pounds. <laughs> I mean, it was so. That's how his body sound, you know. And I picked him up, man, and slammed him, and boy, my back was hurting so bad. But then, you know, we got uh, over the. Uh, 
Well, I'll tell you what, and you know, you were a made man after that. Uh, that that was that was an awesome fight. Uh, Ahmed Johnson is a guest here. Uh, we got 35 minutes here with the man. Uh, we're going to kind of go a little uh, roundtable. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest, Ahmed Johnson? I know you got some questions. Go ahead. Well, it's a true honor to have you on our show tonight, sir. I mean, it's a Thank you, uh, I'm just privileged to be able to get to talk to you. Now, I am not a wrestler, even though I've had the gimmick name Granny Holster for 25 plus years. I am just a huge fan of wrestling. I mean, I just love to watch wrestling. I, I I like the independent shows especially. I'm a big I've been I've been told that I'm a big hit at the independent shows. Um I've met a lot of big names over the years and you know, I just a lot like I said, I love to watch my wrestling. What was one of your most challenging matches that you had and who was it against? I would say Vader. I got to meet him we once. Both were, you got the meeting? Yep. All right. We, uh, we, we, my, fam, my my husband and my son and I got to meet him and his son both at Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, I got to. That was my most challenging match because he's a shooter. You know mm-hmm. what a shooter is. Oh, know, yeah. He was a shooter and I was a shooter. So we came out shooting on each other, but we were friends. So, I mean, we didn't complain. I didn't complain about how hard he was hitting me, and he didn't complain how hard I was hitting him. You know, and then he laughed about what when we got to the locker room. He was, like, telling all the boys in the locker room, man, this dumb bitch here is strong. He said, I can't even, I went there, and he just scooped me up and slammed me, and I wasn't even ready for it, so I didn't help him. And he slammed me. And he was just, you know, tripping on that. But uh, he was a good dude to me, you know. A lot of, you get a lot of people saying the bad things about him, but he was a, to me, he was a good guy. Well, yeah, because Vader was known as working a little uh, uh, and, a little tough and snug. He was a, he was a snug worker, wasn't he? Very snug worker. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm going to judge our guest here. we got uh, 32 minutes. Go ahead, Gary. What's your next question? Go ahead. Fire another one. Well, um, I was just going to share, you know, um, being the fan that I am, Granny don't like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels when I have to. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've been told to sit down and shut up before I break a hip or don't you have a curfew at the nursing home and I got hit one of my friends in his nose one night. I grabbed my keys out of my purse. I said, baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. But one of the funny (laughs) stories I got to share with you, um, we had a company here in Arkansas that ran for uh, 2013 called Traditional Championship Wrestling, and they did TV tapings, and they still show the old reruns down in the Little Rock, Arkansas area because I live in Springdale, Arkansas. That's where I'm from. And of course, um, Tommy song. Dreamer. We had Tom. We had Tommy Dreamer and Hacksaw Jim Duggan a lot at TCW many times. And of course, I love I love Hacksaw Jim Duggan and I love Tommy Dreamer. But I was uh, getting ready to have knee surgery, and so I was having to walk with a cane because I had a really bad meniscus tear on my right knee. So I was standing up taking pictures. 
And Tommy walks by and I had one of these fold-up canes. He just grabs my cane out of my hand and starts using the cane on Matt Riviera. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, he's got Granny Holster's cane. <laughs> you want to give it to the ring. Well, you know, I mean, you know, Tommy Dreamer takes something out of your hand. You just don't stop him. I mean, but but Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I mean, he's absolutely amazing. Um, I I got to meet, um, I know Trevor Murdoch, um, you know, I know he wrestled for WWE for a long time there, him and Lance Cade. And, I mean, I've met some, I've met the Rock and Roll Express. Matter of fact, I've got a picture me and my husband, we were at an autograph signing. Uh, they were Ricky and Robert were here in Alma, Arkansas. They were doing a autograph signing for veterans to get service dogs. You know, they were doing like a little fundraiser mm-hmm. signing type thing. And Robert put his WWE Hall of Fame ring on my finger for that picture. I didn't even ask if I could wear it. He put it on my finger, and I've got my fist up with the where that where it is WWE Hall of Fame ring. So. Wow. But um, you had a chance to have any kind of dream match in your career. Who would you want it to be against, and what kind of match would you have liked to have? I would have probably liked to have a dream match with the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And oh, I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been awesome. Right, a cage match. That's awesome. Taking match with the Ultimate Warrior. That's awesome. Yeah, that would have yeah. been a good one there. Yeah, that would have been a really good one. Uh, Ahmed Johnson's our guest here. We got uh, 29 minutes here with uh, Ahmed. Uh, there's a couple of things I I, I do want to ask you about. I, actually, uh, uh, we asked our fans to send in uh, questions, and uh, these are our fan questions. Now, I'll understand if you don't want to. Uh, answer them, but uh, we'll go ahead and ask them anyway. Uh, now, you, um, uh, you know, you started out uh, um, feuding with uh, the Nation of Domination, and uh, we, we kind of talked a little bit about that. Uh, you really did not like uh, turning heel and joining them. Is that correct? That's correct. Was it was it something that they just said that you're, you're going to do this, or did you did you get to have any pushback, or how did that work? I just didn't like the image, man, that it was portraying. You know what I'm saying? Because it was a nation denomination, and their image was to me a little on the racial side, you know. And, right. and I didn't I didn't like that too much, and I didn't want to be associated with anybody that felt that way or, you know, not even a play play that I want to represent something like that. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, you, um, I remember one, uh, I remember one time, uh, you, they, they used to have a show called live wire, uh, and you were mm-hmm. on that show and, uh, you know, Peruka, that's when you were, uh, that's when you're battling against him. Uh, can you kind of take us a little bit about, uh, uh, and you know, I, I understand, I'll understand if you want to keep kayfabe, but, uh, that, that's the, all those calls and everything. None of that stuff was real. That was all planned and set up. Was it not? On, on live wire? Yeah. 
Well, some of it was. I was really at home in, in Texas, and he was, um, I think, in New York. Or yeah, well, he was in New York. So we just kind of went with it. You know, and uh, you know, I remember my my favorite uh, my favorite uh, saying yours. You're going down. Excuse me. I remember you had that two by four, <laughs> and you were. Uh, man, I'll tell you what it's like. You know, see, here's the deal. I don't know. That's where I think uh, in the movies, uh, uh, Walking Tall, when the rock, uh, you know, I, I think he stole that from you, the two-by-four gimmick. He yeah. had to have. Yeah, that's you know? the only thing he stole. He also stole, I was the first one to say I was the people's champ. And that's he right. He said he was the people's champ. Mm-hmm. That's right. You were. I remember that. Now, um, yeah, when I won in the continental, when I won in the continental title. I said I'm doing this for the people. I said I'm the people's champ. I said I'm not doing this for the black, for the white, for the brown, the green, and orange. I'm doing this for the people. And I said I'm the people's champ. And then that's when I know he starts saying it. And uh, you, uh, you actually beat uh, that. That kind of. Uh, kind of goes in my next my next question uh and uh we'll take a quick time out here uh fans that are listening right now uh as you know we have a contest going on uh if you like our facebook page uh, off the roads from uh the end of the show to the beginning of the next show uh we'll automatically get um qualified to win an autograph from uh this week's guest or a previous week's guest or whatever it is now uh now I'll understand, Ahmed. If you uh, can do, I mean, I'd be even we want to send you some, uh, uh, you know, some money if you could uh, send us some autographs for giveaways. We'd appreciate anything if you do in that aspect. No, as long as they're not too many. I mean, we can get them done. Okay, awesome. I mean, if you even if you could do like one or two, like I that that would be that would make my year. Uh, if you could sign one to the icon and one I can use for a giveaway, but. Uh, I want to kind of talk about, you know, you won the Intercontinental Championship from Goldust. And uh, it was kind of a controversial angle, and I'll understand if you don't want to talk about this, but there was an angle where, uh, you know, you were, you know, on a stretcher, passed out in the back, and he revived you. Now, you obviously <laughs> were not a fan of that either. No, not at all. Not at all. Because what it was, we had practices. Because it was going to be live on TV, and if it was a live show, you can't just do what you want to do. You got to go through the script. But uh, he left around, and we practiced it where he put his hands over his lips or my lips, and he kissed his hand. But instead, he knew we were on live, so he figured that he would just play a ha ha and not put his hands over my lips, and he kissed me for real. Oh my god. And that's when oh I was god. like, Oh yeah. Oh my, oh my god. The warm has turned. You have just turned. Oh my warm. gosh. <laughs> now here's here's, here's what I remember. So your reaction of being pissed off during that segment was obviously real because I remember now there, there's no way this could have been scripted. You walked down and you were trying to find him, and there was a guy that was in your way, and you took him, you picked him up, and you threw him through the dressing room door. Now yeah. tell me, <laughs> you you don't practice that. I don't see anybody no, that won't want to take that more than once. 
Jack Proctor. This kid was a, a, a rookie. He wanted to. She was one of the rookies that wanted to show off, you know. And uh, Vince asked anybody, but he wanted to stand in front of the door. And uh, this kid, he was always back in the room, mouthing off, talking about how tough he was, and oh, my granddad did this, and my granddad did that, and. So when Vince asked him, he said, I'll do it. Like, you know, it ain't nothing. I'll do it. Man, I hit him so hard, he balled up like a little ball. <laughs> and hit the floor. I bet he wouldn't do that. But he won't volunteer to do that again, I bet you. Oh, so so he so he didn't say to you, uh, uh, he didn't do a, uh, a uh, Kevin Bacon say, thank you, sir. Can I have another? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he didn't act for another. <laughs> um, now uh, we have uh, Ahmed Johnson as our guest here. We got uh, 22 minutes here, and uh, uh, we're we're kind of. Uh, and I do appreciate, like I say, taking time out of your schedule. I mean, like I say, not, how many people can say that? And I know I'm bragging here. How many people can say that they're actually able to talk to their hero? Uh, you know. On a one on a one to one interview on a radio show, not too many people can say that. You're helping me live my life. Well, not too many uh, people. You know, uh, one thing I I do want to talk about real quick. Um, you know, uh, we we talked about at the beginning. You you started out. You played football uh, for Tennessee as a middle linebacker. Uh, now, did you and you played for um, the Cowboys for uh, for ninety and ninety one. Uh, now, did you? Uh, did you just uh, think that wrestling would be more of a cooler thing for you, or uh, what, what happened uh, playing football? I got my shoulders uh, crushed up pretty good. Uh, you, and, do you um, remember? I it was a tackle, right? Do what now? You, you got you got tackled when your shoulder got crushed, right? No, it was it was in a, a, a car accident. Going to practice. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, and and then I got my shoulder all crushed up, and that was it. Because after that, every time somebody would hit me hard, it would pop out a socket. Mm. So that was pretty much it in football. Now, uh, did well with that with that kind of injury? Did, did you uh, when you were uh, wrestling in the ring? Did that? Uh, did that ever weigh in your mind that it could happen, pop out again, or were they pretty? No, or were you pretty careful with that? No, I thought it would, but it didn't pop out not one time in the ring. That, and that just I freaked me out because I always thought it would. And uh, uh-huh. let's see, that that was that's just a devastating injury. Now, when you uh, yeah. when you played uh, for the Cowboys in. Uh, uh, ninety and ninety one. Uh, what would uh, if, if if you can uh, remember? Uh, do you remember the favorite game you played? Like who was against? Where was against? All that. Um, I remember the game I hated the most. And oh. That was Green Bay because it was so damn cold. <laughs> against Brett Favre, right? Yeah, it was freezing. I mean, you tell my phrase. I mean, the ground was like concrete. <laughs> when, it, oh, when it gets cold down there, it gets cold, brother. 
Now, and then uh, it's funny because that's the same place I end up winning the uh, Intercontinental Champion at was out there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, yeah, uh, yeah, your record um, in uh, when you play when you play with Dallas in 1990, they were seven and nine, and uh, of course your your uh, coach was a great Jimmy Johnson. Uh, I'm kind of curious, what is it like? Uh, hanging out with Jimmy Johnson in like the locker room or on the practice field, what is he like? Uh, he was cool, man. He was a real cool dude to hang out with. And uh, make sure and, you got uh, the 91, job done, but he let you have your fun. Yeah, and then '91, of course, Dallas got a little better. You guys were eleven, uh, eleven and five, and uh, you. Uh, of course, beat the Bears because, uh, you know, they, they saw that you were on the sidelines. They were like, going, well, you know what? We better quit. We are the Bears. Ahmed Johnson's on. Yes, sir. we got 18 minutes. We're still waiting for Big Swing because, like I say, I know he's got a few questions for you. We might even uh, – I don't know if you'd be willing to do a little overtime, but we'll see. Uh, now, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I, I alluded to this. Um and I'm sure you'll remember this. Uh, the the SummerSlam that you uh, were involved in uh, was sponsored by Stridex at the time. And uh, back in and that back in my teenage years, I'll admit I had acne like it wasn't like it wasn't even funny. And uh, you know, uh, so buying Stridex was not a was not was not a big deal for me because I bought a lot of it. But uh, remember those little collector's cards that they. Uh, had of uh, you in that they inserted in those uh, boxes. Yeah, in, a, in the Stridex. When you uh, w- when you found out that uh, they were going to feature you as one of the cards, uh, did they uh, uh, did they have you go do like a photo shoot, or uh, did they just say we're just gonna uh, we're just gonna find a, a an action shot? Could you kind of tell us about when you found out that you're actually going to be featured in that set? You know, I don't even remember if they just took an action shot or if we went and did to the studio and did a solo shot. I don't even remember, honestly. Uh, I'm, but I'm you thinking have a more being Huh? You you still have you have a few of those, don't you? A few of those cards. No. They're all gone. Really? I mean, you know, yeah. Here's the I'm, thing. I bought twenty nine bottles of that stuff trying to get your card. <laughs> Not when you have one. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, uh, uh, I'll have to go back and look at my archives, but I remember I bought 29 boxes of Stridex just, and people were like, oh, well, you're only saying that because, uh, you know, uh, Ahmed Johnson. No, it's true. I bought 29 boxes uh, of, uh, of Stridex just to get your collector's card. Wow. That's a lot of cards. <laughs> um Yeah, it was uh it was it was it was awesome though and I was like I'm like, okay, so uh you know, I just hope I before I get a card I just hope my ac- uh acne doesn't run. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um uh Ahmed Johnson I guess I I mean uh I got like I got ten stone coals, I got Several Shawn Michaels, 
and I finally got one Ahmed Johnson. I can't remember who else was on the set. I have to go back and look. But uh, now your first pay per view was the uh, was taken with Shawn Michaels. Uh, could you kind of take us back? Uh, you know, because it was it was like a mixed tag. It's like good guys and bad guys. And at the time, people didn't really know, uh, you know, what Ahmed Johnson was going to do. Uh, could you kind of uh, take us through like what it was like? Before you went out to, on your first uh, uh, on your first event with the WWE, well, see with me. Period. When I went to the office, you know, when you first get hired and go to the office, and they tell you whether you're a heel or face. But with me, they didn't tell me whether I was going to be a heel or a baby face. They just put me out there and they didn't say, you know, we just want to see how the crowd react to you. So. I never was a heel or baby face. I was just, you know, out there being me. And the fans just loved it. Now, uh, but I'll tell you what, it, it, there was a lot of talent in that match. I mean, you're like, you know, it had to have been cool, you know, being uh, taken with the showstopper your first time out. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. Now, when you uh, uh, let's see, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to remember the timeline. Now, you uh, you know, we talked about you joined the Nation Nomination, but uh, now were you in the Nation uh, when The Rock joined? Uh, did you get to do a lot of stuff with him or not? Uh, I got the wrestle against him a lot, which he I'm the only person I can say that I'm the only person that he never beat. He never beat me once. That's that's awesome. Now, uh, yeah, if you, you go uh, back to the films, you never beat me. Now, uh, you know, now that, uh, you know, you, you've been, uh, you've been retired for uh, a long time. And of course, I'm not just saying this so fans can kind of take it easy, but, uh, you know, you do, you do deserve to be in the hall of fame. Is that something that you'd uh, accept or is that something you want to, you just kind of put in your rear mirror and don't really uh, care one way or the other? Oh, well, I I feel like I've earned it being the first African-American champion in history. I mean, how can you have a Hall of Fame and not have the first African-American champion in history? I mean, that's, to me, that's kind of swinging to the left, you know? Right. There's no way you know, that you can I, have a Hall of that, Fame. and. I mean, I've always said that uh, there – there's a ring that they should put on your finger, and I, I know you're keeping open for that ring. But have they have they ever called you or approached you, or uh, uh, have you uh, sent feelers out saying that you know I like to do this? Uh, uh, any uh, anything you can kind of shed a light on that? No, Vince is is teed off at me. He still lives because when I quit, he's been mad ever since. So I don't think he'd be giving me that call. Well, you know, I, I just kind of want to want to touch on that a little bit. It's like, you know, uh, this man has always been known uh, for being, um, you know, for being kind of a, you know, a stiff, rough ass really? boss, you know. But I mean, it's amazing how many people that he's forgiven and brought back. I mean, no one ever thought the Ultimate Warrior would come back, you know. So <laughs> I, I never I, thought that would happen. Yeah. So I still say. There's there's still a chance, and they should they should give you your place in the Hall of Fame. 
But if they call you, I, I'm sure you would jump at the opportunity. Oh yeah, sure I would. Now, what um, since you, yeah, since you've been out of the since you've been out of the business now, uh, it's uh, it's been a few years now. You uh, you went back and you got a degree in criminology. See, I, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan. Uh, you uh, what uh, what uh, career path did you go after uh, after wrestling? What what are you doing now? I worked for an oil company called Dresser Inn. And uh, when you, um, I'm just kind of curious when you, uh, when you, uh, when you went back to school, and when you uh, started your job at that company, uh, you know, I don't know how many wrestling fans you might have worked with, but uh, like when you were in class going to college, like, did anybody come up and say, "Hey, are you Ahmed Johnson?" Yes. Every day you do it, man. Every day is somebody want an autograph. You know, for them, for their uncle, for their brothers, for their mothers, for their friends. You know, that was everyday thing. Not, yeah, not I don't like mind, man, because the way I see it, you guys supported me all through my career. And if you guys didn't support me, I wouldn't be who I was. Right. So I don't mind signing autographs at all. I don't mind. You know, just think about this. I, uh, you know, like, uh, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send, I'll send you. Uh, I'm going to send uh, my address on uh, Messenger. Whatever you can send us, we, we'd be more than grateful. And you know, if you want okay. me to pay for them, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do because, no, like I say, you no, are my no hero. No problem, man. And I'm not just saying that. But, no problem. You know, just think about this. Uh, when you went back to college and you were in class, and you know, I bet you your your professors. I don't know how many classes you had to take to be, to get a degree in criminology, but can, can you imagine there's one of your professors out there that has every single paper that you wrote with your autograph on it? That when you get in the Hall of Fame, you're going to see Ahmed Johnson's uh, history paper on eBay. <laughs> I never thought about that. It's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> You know, and, I never uh, thought about. You know, yeah, then you, then you look at it and like, geez, someone's paying a million dollars for my history paper. Why didn't <laughs> I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that, man. Uh, Ahmed Johnson, I guess we got about nine minutes. Uh, Granny, I'm sure you got a few more questions. Go ahead. We're still waiting for the big swing. I don't know if he's going to make the return, but uh, go ahead, Granny. Fire off uh, another question or two. Go ahead. Well, I'm just really thoroughly enjoying listening to this great interview. I mean, I just, I, I'm just trying to think of a really good question that I could ask. And I'm just, I've been so in awe by this interview with him tonight. It's just, I'm really enjoying this. So go ahead. Well, Greg, let me ask you this. Uh, what would you do if, uh, you know, you were uh, ringside, and Ahmed Johnson came up to you, and uh, you know he wanted to borrow your cane. Uh, would you say no? That's my cane. Or would you say here you go, sir? No, I would. I would let him. I would let him take it, kind of like Tommy Dreamer took it, you know, because the other announcer, when that happened, he's like, Granny, what do you think you're doing? This isn't fans. Bring your own weapons match, you know, and and he but what was really funny was when he swung the cane it looked like he broke it and they're like oh my god he broke granny's cane and 
and he when he he kicks the handle and he tucks the handle under my, Matt Reguero's tights and he pulled up on the handle and gave him a serious wedgie to the point it made him hop like a bunny rabbit. And then he comes back and he brings me the cane back by the strap. He says, Granny, you might want to sanitize this. I mean, it's really stinky. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. But, I Uh, mean, it was just, you know, but, you know, Trevor Murdoch, you know, I got a funny story about Trevor Murdoch because he was doing a training seminar for one of my friends over in Oklahoma that does wrestling shows for kids that have cancer called Wrestling for a Cause. And we were, and I would always pick up merchandise for the promoter a lot. So my husband and I, you know, we would always be able to get into the, before the show started. So we actually got to sit and watch a seminar, which, you know, the average normal fan would not get to see something like that. And Trevor was kind of doing his thing, talking to the guys about how to work the crowd. He says, and then you have that God-fearing, loving woman over there, Granny Holkster, you know, and. And he says, and, you know, and then he was talking about smart marks, and he was pointing to me. And I thought Tim Rockwell was going to fall off the ring bro, ring laughing, you know, because it was so funny. I said, Trevor, I don't know everything. And he says, darling, you know more than most, which I considered a, a huge compliment, really. But and then there was a time where he did another trading seminar where he says, Go to Granny. Use her as your goal. Make her mad. Piss her off. And I'm like, oh, gee, thanks, Trevor. Like, the bad guys give me enough grief as it is. So now you're telling me to come over and make me mad and piss me off. So, you got to go backstage and break KFA, huh? Well, you know, I was just, you know, this was, you know, but it, it was funny. But, you know, Cowboy Bob Orton Jr., that was another funny story. He was at a legend show at Harrison, Arkansas for Mid-States Wrestling. And I've met Bob Wharton several times. I mean, really nice man, you know, a great guy. And so he just literally stops in the middle of the match, and he stands there, and he stomps his foot, and he stands there with his hands on his hips. He says, Granny, starts shaking his finger at me. I thought we were friends. I said, well, we are. And he says, well, why are you booing me then? I said, because you're not being a very nice boy right now, Bob. <laughs> you know, I, I could tell you some funny, funny stories, I mean, of different people, you know, that I've met, like, over the years. And um, just, you know, because I, I, that's what I love about the independent shows. You know, I got to meet some great people in TCW. I mean, I Beautiful Bobby Eaton, Mickey James. I met Jack Roberts many a times, Diamond Dallas Page, Matt Hardy. Oh, my gosh, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, you know, I even got to meet AJ Styles. Now, AJ, when I got to meet AJ Styles, that wasn't at a TCW show, but that was at an NWA show in Benton, Arkansas for um, NWA. for It was called Summer Clash. And I even my family and I even got to go to Tennessee for a TCW show at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds. And it was really funny because when we got there, um, well, we drove down to the fairgrounds that day for before the show, you know, earlier that day. And, and that morning, Johnny Morton, he told me, he says, now, Granny, he says, when you come to the fairgrounds, tell the security guard you're with TCW. 
Because like I said, I was walking with that cane, and they had a small little area uh, roped off for handicap, but I would have had to walk up the steep hill and walk from, like, one side of the fairgrounds clear to the opposite side of the fairgrounds. It would have been too far for me to walk. So they made arrangements for me to park right by the building. That's how much care of me. I mean, you know, they they loved me. I mean, they always had me on the front row for their TV tapings. I still, to this day, still have people come up and ask me if I'm Granny from TCW because I mean, it's 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 amazing. So I told the security guard, you know, I had my Granny Hulkster. I had a, my 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 original Granny Hulkster shirt. So what you got to do when Granny Hulkster goes crazy on you? But I had one for TCW. It says Granny Hulkster, Queen of TCW. So I had that one on. And I told the security guard I was with TCW. And he says, well, do you have any credentials? And I said, well, I'm Granny Hulkster, and I'm here for the show. And he says, oh, you're here for the show? I said, yes, sir. But I said, I'm happy to walk with a cane, and I can't walk long distances. And they said that I could park, you know, by the building. So they worked it out where I could just where I got to park right by the building. You know, I didn't have to walk very far. And they always, always took very good care of me. I mean, you know, got me a chair to sit down in when I needed a chair to sit down while we were waiting for the doors to open. I mean, they always, they always took care of me very, very well. And, you know, I I really miss uh, really miss the days of TCW. I I really miss those shows. But I go to a lot of other local um, independent shows. You know when I when I get the opportunity to. So uh, Ahmed Johnson's our guest here. We got uh, we got about seven minutes left of regular time, and uh, maybe he'll stick with us a little overtime. But uh, you know just uh, you know Ahmed, just think about this. Uh, you're one of the reasons why D'Lo Brown got over. I mean, you power you power slammed him through a limo, and look what happened to him, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, he wasn't yeah. nothing until then. <laughs> now, uh, one thing I'm kind of curious because you know, uh, believe it or not, you know, uh, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a geek, as some would say. Uh, you know, uh, I'm kind of I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, if you can remember it uh, uh, when you uh, appeared. Uh, in a video game, um, uh, WWE, uh, WWF Warzone. Uh, now, what right. was that like when they when you found out that you're going to be part of a video game? Uh, do you, as being in the video game, do you get a, like a copy of the game to try out? Uh, do you have any say in what your character does in the game? Could you kind of tell us a little bit about this? No, they tell you what to do, and you know, all they they do they put you in this like blue suit. And they put these like white bubs all over you, and you just do your your moves and stuff. And somehow through media magic, there you are on the video game. So it's pretty now, neat, uh, man. Yeah. So like when you pick up when you, like in the video game when they like when you like pick up somebody, are you actually? Picking up somebody? Are you like mocking the move, or because I'm just kind of wondering what uh, what poor guy got to be uh, your stunt double for the game? They had like a, a, a stunt guy in there that did all take that take all the slams. I feel sorry for him, but he had to take all the slams and stuff, all the big moves like that. 
And uh, now, did they uh, when you're when you're doing the when you're doing the uh, when they put the suit on you and everything, and you got these? Uh, how long uh, how long were you uh, uh, in like the studio filming your stuff? Uh, was it like a week, a day? Uh, did you like do like one day of wrestling moves, one day of like voiceovers? Uh, how did that uh, transpire? It usually took like two days of wrestling moves and one day of. of Mark talk overs, especially That's me because awesome. my voice was so deep. Now, uh, now, and they they obviously give you the lines, or uh, did you like? Well, okay, this line you gave me. Let me say it this way: this would work out better. Or do you have any creative control at all? Well, they'll listen. They, they they'll take what you say under consideration. They were real good about that. So and then is it like uh and then like uh when the game comes out like uh a week later or a month later or whatever, then you, you get that big million dollar check in your mail saying you're the reason why everybody's buying the game because you're in it. <laughs> I wish you got a million dollar check for it. Man, <laughs> you don't you know, we only get like um, video games and stuff like that and the cards and stuff. And the dolls, we only got like two percent interest. That's it. That's it. That's not fair. I mean, you know, the 2% reason why I say that interest. You know, it it kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, that uh, song that uh, 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 Glenn Campbell did uh, uh, several years ago called Manson and Branson. There's a line that said, "Now he, you know." Now he's retired. He's getting 99% instead of two, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess it is true. You you only get 2% uh, royalties when you're doing that stuff. It's not fair. But, uh, no, I, brother. You know, the reason why I bought the game, you know. Yeah, we were the reason why people buy the game. I mean, they didn't buy the game just for the name's sake of having the game. But all they give you is 2% interest. And they That's kept awesome. the rest. Now, but you did get a copy of the game to play, though, right? Uh, yeah, they would give you a copy of the game. That's awesome. Uh, I just got notification. We got uh, 60 minutes left of uh, a regular time here and then uh, overtime. I don't think uh, Big Swing's going to make it back. I mean, we tried to get him back on here. But, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, Ahmed, uh, you have been so wonderful. Uh, we can't thank you enough. Uh, hope we didn't. Uh, hope we didn't uh, bore you too much or ask too many questions. Oh, no, or, uh, you know, I uh, like I say, I, I do apologize that I did break down talking to you two weeks ago, man. But that was from my heart because you mean the world to me. You were you were the first black athlete I, I looked up to, and uh, you don't know how thank much you. of an honor it was. To be able to talk to you. I have I have one quick question. Do you do you still do a lot of personal appearances anymore? I mean, your places. Do you still for yeah, like I independent shows or things like that? I just do personal appearances. I don't wrestle in them, but I do yeah. personal appearances. And I do a um, autograph section at home. We call it viral, viral autograph mm-hmm. section, or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. do that. Okay. Okay. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I well, have I'll a lot of I have I I have a lot of wrestling friends that you know have that pe- you know, people that I've met over here that do the viral you know autograph signings and things like that. So that's well, awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Ahmed, I I appreciate uh, I appreciate everything you do. You're you're very awesome, and uh, um, um, thank you. I want to thank you for being a friend, and uh, thank you for being on the show tonight. And uh, thank no you for problem. being on awesome. the show with and us. No you're so problem, great, Brandon. Ahmed. Thank you. All righty. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy. All right. All right, Ahmed Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. What a uh, what a great great interview. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I, before they kick us off here, uh, our first guest uh, did call in here. Uh, so, uh, we're, we're going to go to him, uh, and, uh, uh, we'll go on as long as we can before we get kicked off here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, we'll do this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have our first guest of the night, who's actually now our last. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself, Javier Oath. Hey, this is Javier Oist. Uh, You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with host, the icon, Granny Holkster, and maybe the big swing shows up. Hey, buddy. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. Good, good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I haven't made a... I haven't made an international call in years, so I'm I'm sorry for the mess up. I messed up, guys. I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. Well, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, what I'll do here is, uh, like I say, we'll uh, we'll have you on as long as we can. If we have to uh, uh, get you back on again, we'll do that. But if you want to take us a, uh, if you want to give us a little uh, background about yourself, then we'll uh, have uh, an interview with you. Sure, I uh, I live in El Salvador right now, but I write for uh, Pro Wrestling Stories. I started writing for them. Uh, I maybe you guys remember when uh, when um, Silver King died. In in England, Do you, you guys are familiar with that story. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. he was he was the uh, the heel in Nacho Libre. So uh, I was a fan of the uh, the pro wrestling stories page, and I told him I told him that you know you guys should really uh, write about this story. I can't believe uh, a wrestler is dying in the ring like he did. You know the heart and and the medics weren't showing up, and I and I thought that was just how can that still be going on these days. And uh, he basically encouraged me to write it, the, the owner of the site, and I've been writing since uh, about on on that page. Now, uh, well, how can uh, uh, so we we can get this in? We usually do this at the <clears> end, but so we can get it in. Uh, if our fans wanted to check out your writings, uh, where would they go? Yeah, you just go to Pro Wrestling Stories. Uh, my articles will will be there. They kind of circulate. I have almost almost a hundred articles on there, but uh, if you want to, mine mines are mine are are under my name Javier Oist J A V I E R. Last name is spelled O J S T. Or just hit me up on Facebook. I'll send you a link. Easy as that. Awesome. Now, uh, how many how many different articles uh, are out there that you've wrote? Uh, right now, 88 published, but when they're all published, there'll be 93, and uh, we'll see. We'll just we'll just go. Uh, we'll see if we can reach 100. That that will be a good number to reach, right? 
So now with all these different stories that you wrote, do you plan on like uh, putting out a book uh, of all your articles or what is your plan on that? There's a possibility. There's talks with the owner of the page, possibly a, a, a book project with chosen articles. I would love for all of them to be in a book. But uh, we gotta, we gotta. It's it's an online site, so we're gonna pick and choose what we can maybe perhaps put in a book. It's a it's a work in progress. We we hope we can get it done. Now, what uh, what we'd like to do here, when you if you do decide to do that, uh, we would like to you know have you back on to uh, talk about that. Maybe we can get you a few more a uh, few more copies sold. You know. Sure. Yeah. I glad. I glad. I'd be glad to get. It be on uh, on the show again with you guys uh if that book does happen i'll definitely let you guys know and we'll see uh when i can be a guest again if you guys will have me well definitely now uh now uh, we'll kind of touch on this a little bit but uh you know it's um uh it, you know because you know we won't uh we won't talk touch on it too much but you know you're uh you're out there and you said in el salvador uh yeah what is uh covid been like in your area uh, it's been kind of like uh, the rest of the world. We were locked up for, for several months, and uh, that's when I actually decided to boost my writing. I was writing maybe an article or sometimes two articles a week, and, uh, and uh, that's how I kind of bulked up my, my numbers. So I just, I just tried to use the time to, to my advantage, you know? But other than that, we were definitely locked up, and uh, it was a scary time. I remember you guys. I remember you contacted me and you booked me uh, early January. Right, and, right. And I and I thought, well, if 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 def, if if everything's cool, I'll I'll see you guys in June, you know. But it was it was a scary time. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, it's uh, you know, um, COVID. Like, you know, I I think we're slowly starting to turn the page. Well, not slowly. I think we are turning the corner on this thing, uh, and uh, I think things are heading in the right direction. Uh, but, uh, you know, you never know, uh, we're only as safe as, uh, 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 the the bad part is, you know, I mean, we're only as safe as till the next thing happens. Hopefully nothing does, but you know, you never know, you know? Yep. Yep. Hey, by the way, great interview with Ahmed and, and your first guest, well, your second guest, uh, with, with the baseball talk and all that Maris. Yep. You had some great guests yep. on, guys. Really, really, really great listening, man. Well, you know, and I, you know, I, I will say this, uh, and this is kind of a dubious honor, but you uh, actually now hold the record for the longest guest on hold. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is a dubious honor because I, I had to actually, I, I had to, to tag in my wife and say, listen, man, I haven't made a an international call in years. What's the code to call the U.S.? And she's like, she's like zero zero one. I'm like zero zero one, and it, and that's what that's what it was. <laughs> so I was lucky. I was lucky, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's usually awesome. I, we I've done these on Zoom or, or or Facebook Live, you know. But 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 you know now we know. If you guys have me on again, I'll, I'll there won't be problems next time. And uh, you know uh, you know it's kind of funny because. Uh, when uh, you said that you were trying to call in, and I know people don't care, but uh, they have to download, uh, you know, to get the rest of the, the interview. But uh, it, it's just funny. I, I know that you're calling in from Skype because it shows up one 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 one, 
Now, it's funny. Oh. As soon as uh, I got a hold of our second guest asking if he could be on earlier, uh, uh, when we, we – uh, I see that I could get him on earlier, then as soon as he called, then you called. So I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. No, I totally understand, was, man. No, definitely. It was, it was weird. So now how long uh, – now when – when you decided to start writing wrestling, is that something that you always were passionate about? Or uh, did you just kind of, uh, somebody just say, hey, we need someone to write some articles. Uh, would you be interested? Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I've been a, I've been a wrestling fan since around uh, late 85. And, of course, back then you, you, were, you would see the magazines on the newsstands and you, and you would pick them up. And my dad actually bought me all those after mags, you know, so that I can uh, – read more to to encourage me to read and and it definitely worked i would read them from from cover to back and several times and uh i always thought you know i always loved those magazines and in college uh, i remember a teacher told me that i really should do with something with writing that that there is something there that is there's some kind of talent i should i should hone um in school i was never an excellent uh student with with anything i mean i was okay not go with numbers, but I did like literature. But again, that college teacher made me think a little bit. But years passed, and I, you know, I didn't pursue it. But then when I, uh, when I, after I did that first article, I just kept on writing them, and uh, and I just enjoyed it a lot. And most of those 